Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the mentor. I'm Mark Boris. Mencon, welcome to the mentor, mate. Thanks, Mark. Such a pleasure to be here. You're the founder and CEO of uh, Taxi Box, which I've seen around lots of places. Good. Um, uh, and I've often thought to myself, what a bloody good idea. So, but before we talk about the business, um, I want to just look at your backstory a little bit. Yeah. So really, if you're going back to the story of the, the Ben Con yeah. story, it's it's South Africa, Israel, Australia, having a, a great time here with fant- fantastic friends. I really just loved Australia coming here and uh, had a great group of friends, did really well in school, did a uh, commerce degree in the University of Sydney, was really looking forward to getting out of that, did my three years there. And then I started working at Accenture for a couple of years, had an amazing time at Accenture, traveled the world with them. I remember uh, when I left after two years, the the partner there sort of shook her head and she said, I, I cannot believe you're leaving this company. I said, what? Why, why not? Her name was uh, Cara Morton. She was lovely. And she said to me, I've, I don't think I've ever seen an analyst travel so much in their two years uh, of being in Accenture. And they, they sent me around the world for that two-year period. So I had an amazing time there. Um, worked with Jeremy at Accenture. Um, then I went traveling around the world. Oh, no, what happened was, sorry, I bought a property down in Bondi on the beach, Camel Parade. 23 years old, 24 years old, and I just borrow right to the hilt and I buy a top floor apartment overlooking the water. This is 2006. Right, and I bid up on this thing, and I lose out of the auction. Just before the GFC. Just before the GFC, <laughs> I buy this apartment. Uh, no, so I, I bid at the auction, lost at the auction. Then I get a call from the agent um, a day before Christmas Day saying the the buyer that bought it is pulling out. Do you want to buy it? And I think, I think, I think I paid four hundred grand for it in Bondi. Wow. Cheap. Um, cheap and uh, bought this place. And the second I bought it, I decided, look, I'm just going to quit my job because I'm just going to go renovate this apartment myself and why not? I'll just make a bit of money through renovation. Spent sort of a solid year renovating the whole thing myself, sold it a year later, made like a two-year salary tax-free. I'm 23, 24 and I'm like, oh my God. How good is this? How good is this? I'm going around the world. I'm traveling. So I went traveling around the world, uh, came back at sort of yeah, 24, I think it was. Uh, then my parents were renovating a house around the area here and they got quoted an obscene amount of money for the flooring. It was an engineered oak, the wideboard oak flooring, which was pretty rare at the time. This is about well, 15 years ago, 14 years ago. And the price was obscene. So I said, guys, ridiculous. I'm just going to go to Alibaba.com. And I'm going to find these manufacturers of the flooring. I'll just fly to China and I'll backpack around and I'll f- 
come up with a company name and I'll act as if I'm an importer. And so I did. I flew to China at 23, 20, 24 at the stage and started traveling around and I started importing, started manufacturing this beautiful wide board, 260 mil wide oak flooring, 21 mil thickness with a seven mil veneer. And I learned about the Australian content, the, the, the content moisture that you needed for the Australian climate. And I started importing container loads of wooden floors to this country, right? Uh, at which stage there, Jeremy at the time, who became a really good mate of mine then said, mate, let's, let's start a business together. And so I said, well, I've got these amazing contacts with factories in, in China. Why don't we fly there and actually see what we can do? And so we started exploring different ideas. When I was, was with Accenture, I was in New York, I'd seen mobile storage. And so I was like, wow, there's this whole mobile storage concept. Why would anyone not want to use this? It's oh. the best thing. Why would you want Could to leave Could you explain else? that though? What did you see in New York? Was it something outside of Brownstones or what were we talking about? No, the, so, so mobile storage had just started in the US probably five years before that. So you had companies like Pods, which um, have since been sold multiple times for over a billion dollars to I think it's Ontario's pension fund or teacher's fund. Uh, you got U-Haul with a U-Box product. Um, so the, 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 the industry was starting out, the mobile storage industry. Self-storage in the United States is massive. Per capita, it's massive compared to Australia still today. But the Australian context was growing. So we all know uh, of the big storage players that, that were out here at the time. And so I just, we just saw the opportunity and we said, hey, this has, has to work, has to work. Um, and we didn't have any money. So we thought, why don't we fly to China and actually make the taxi boxes there? And so the same taxi boxes that were made, uh, the, the same factories that were making wooden floors, the underlay of the wooden floor is plywood. And those same factories um, started helping us with manufacturing the taxi boxes, which are, as people, pe most people don't know this, but the, the vast majority of our taxi boxes are wooden and they've got the, the cover on them, the yellow cover. And so we had both those contacts from those factories through Alibaba. I just sent out emails to all these factories saying, hey, someone's seen these boxes before, has someone seen these covers before? And uh, and suddenly I got an email saying, hey, are you looking for this? We manufacture for this American supplier. Or, hey, we manufacture for this German mobile storage company. And they sent us the entire technical drawing of these boxes. I couldn't believe it. The idea came from you and Jeremy hanging around places in China. but And somehow you got to one of the manufacturers or so you got to two manufacturers for Alibaba yeah. and they were quite, quite happy to share with you like the industrial design, so to speak, of what they'd be making for others. I think they didn't even, they didn't understand that we were sitting there chasing. We'd heard of mobile storage in the U S and I mean, I'm a commerce graduate. Jeremy is a commerce law graduate from UNSW. <laughs> I'm consulting Jeremy's banking. I mean, neither of us had ever driven a forklift before, uh, let alone been in a warehouse, let alone learned, learned how to build a, a structural storage unit. Not engineers. Not engineers, um, but very curious um, and highly innovative and tenacious in our approach. And so emails sent all over the all over the place to Alibaba suppliers eventually yielded one of them saying, is this what you're looking for? And they probably didn't even realize what they were sharing with us, but they just sent the whole working drawings of the type of box that we were trying to build. Otherwise known as shop drawings. Shop drawings, so, yeah. they were just like, is this what, and we were like, yeah. Thanks. That's it. Yeah, well, that, but that's probably not bad because shop drawings is generally speaking what a manufacturer draws yeah. in, off the instructions of their client. So their client Correct. comes and says, look, here's the specifications of what I want you to make for me. Yeah. And they say, okay, well, we can do that for this price. We do something slightly different at that price. 
and then um, the client will say, well, I'll take this one. So what happens, and, uh, you know, you put in an order yeah. and they, they say, okay, well, now we've got to, the manufacturer's got to build it. Yeah. So the manufacturer then builds, uh, prepares what they call shop drawings. And then off the back of those shop drawings, I guess the manufacturer owns those drawings. Yeah, would They would because it's their IP, they draw it up. Yeah. And then off the back of that, they start to manufacture yep. the item, which is really interesting. So. For the manufacturer to share a shop drawing with you, I mean, I, I don't really see an issue. I mean, the, I should just mention yeah. there, there is no issue. I mean, yeah. On reflection now, if I think about if someone were to do the same for up for us and reach out to our suppliers and get their drawings, it would have very little impact on us. I think it's there's no science in what we've no. done. It's just that at the time also that was such a step stepping stone to getting this business rolling. That I had no idea about. Did you have any sense of what a shop drawing was? No, absolutely no None. idea. I mean, I'm I'm very mechanical by by mate by nature, so I can understand these things and I can read these things. And having brought in these floorboards, I was kind of learning about the content moisture of plywood and the various compositions of plywood and birch and poplar and I mean, things that I just would have never explored before. So I kind of knew what I was looking at: structural pine beams, Canadian pine. I mean, a whole bunch of stuff. That anyway, so. That's not IP in our business, really. No, no. And today, particularly not, because it's since evolved tremendously since then. How do you reach out to these manufacturers through Alibaba? I mean, again, we're, we're talking 13 years back, so it might yep. be different. But effectively, <laughs> I was going to say, for, for any of our competitors, anyone want to start mobile storage, but not, well, the first thing I'd say is probably not a good idea. But secondly, if you are going down this path, you would um, reach out to a supplier in Alibaba. You would find So you go to Alibaba. Alibaba.com. Yeah. And you do a search for... X, Y, Z, whatever you're trying to bring in, coffee cups. So Mark's holding a coffee cup right now in his hand. It's like I'm looking for eco cups, coffee cups. And you would get a listing of realistically probably 500 different manufacturers and you'd write each one of them a message saying, hello, I'm looking to get 500 coffee cups. What is the MOQ? What are your shipping terms? What is the price per unit? What are the variables I need to explore? That's really the language you need to, to understand. They then send you back a response. You say, great, I want X, Y, Z. I want that sample. They then say, great, we'll make a sample for you. It's 100 USD. Sample gets sent to you. If it's in the topic of a coffee coffee cup, you say, great, I like it. And then, um, well, in today's day and age, you probably wouldn't fly over there. At the time, we flew over there, and we were almost chasing the containers down the ports to make sure that we weren't going to get um, bricks in there because we didn't trust the manufacturer. Um Again, we were very limited by money, so we had to be very, very careful the way we spent our money. And uh, and getting it wrong on that first one or two containers of 90 taxi boxes that we bought would have been disastrous for us, so we are just particularly careful. Now, on the topic of Alibaba, since starting the business, we, we've brought in hundreds of products, ten or many tens of products through Alibaba through the same process um, of inquiring about something, getting a sample, then manufacturing it. And the examples I have is we make a whole bunch of really crazy branded merchandise for our business. Uh, like we make taxi jocks, so they're branded jocks, which I was like actually, undies. Undies. Yeah. Yep. Which have got a chastity belt in the front, a big lock in the back. On the back, it says storing your junk. Uh, since 2010, we make taxi box socks. We made taxi box stress balls. We make little taxi box toy trucks, which are probably our best uh, innovation to date. They're tiny little trucks that are in boxed up and they're, brand a taxi box. Now drivers are able to give these out on the streets to kids that are sort of pointing out and screaming, there's a taxi box truck. And then these kids get a taxi box truck and then they're telling their parents about taxi box and they're just screaming taxi box. And I, the amount of messages I get from people saying, can you please stop these trucks? Because our kid won't stop saying taxi box. Great marketing. It's amazing. So, and, 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 and locks and wedges and covers and bags and the list goes on. Uh, I've become extremely comfortable with importing from overseas based on those early experiences. You and your 
partner, Jeremy, you were yep. in um, uh, in China and you ordered the first taxi boxes. Yeah. It was 90. Did you say 90? Yeah, two containers, 45 okay. per container flat-packed. So for, I was going to say, it must be flat-packed. Yeah. Um, and uh, you got uh, two containers. You said they're, they're about to be shipped. Were you there when they were about to be shipped? Did you go down and actually open up the doors of the container and have a look inside what was going on? <laughs> uh, we actually, we didn't, we hired a quality control um, company. They had a QA. A QA, yeah. but we actually asked them to go to the port, cut the lock, open up the container, and tell us what was in there. And that was really difficult to do because it had to actually go with this. This company went to the port, found the container, cut the lock, opened up, and actually we could kind of see there were boxes there. So that was that was good enough for us to to have a leap of because faith. Because at what point do you have to ch- to pay or, or pay some? Yeah, I mean it's you know, it's a thirty percent deposit, and then you right. pay the balance on arrival. Oh, and again, on, on uh, landing. Oh, uh, not really on landing. There's a oh, great that you asked the question. If anyone's looking in port, there's a thing called a bill of lading. So what happens is once the ship leaves effectively the port, um, the shipping company gives the factory a copy saying it's on the water then the factory then sends us or sends the buyer a document saying this is your bill of lading this is the original bill of lading which is the release that you need to actually get your hands on the container so once you get the bill of lading really you have possession of that of that container you pay for it and this is just the standards standard stuff you pay for then so you, you have yeah when it was on the water yeah so you haven't got a chance to check it at this stage correct no you're paying a full amount by the time you've got the container yeah. and you're opening it up you've paid the whole thing so you better make sure you're getting what you paid for yeah correct and so there's actually a video which uh, which is taken of the two of us opening our first container and you know we've both got long hair and we kind of open this up and we just laugh and I think we high fire each other when we realize that there's actually taxi boxes in there and then the next day it's a, be- it's a beautiful moment in the business the next day the two of us so it wasn't just that it wasn't just the boxes, also the covers that we were getting from China. Their first batch of covers, they misspelled self storage. They did sell space F, space storage, and tried to send us all these covers, and we got that rejected. But anyway, I digress. We manufacture a trailer. We've never manufactured trailers before. A tandem trailer. I'm learning about axle weights. We buy a Ute. Never driven a Ute before. <laughs> we. Manufacture taxi boxes. We manufacture this cover. We put the whole thing together in a little fact, a 500 square square meter warehouse in Brayside. We put it on, and there's this bright yellow box and a bright yellow trailer and a bright yellow Ute, and we start driving down the street. And I just remember this vivid moment of myself and Jeremy looking at each other and just bursting into laughter, pissing ourselves laughing at how ridiculous this was. That the two of us that have had this amazing education that um, we're going to go down a certain path have completely pivoted and have gone and set up this bright yellow box business called Taxi Box that has never really been seen before that was clearly very visible. I mean, it's not that anyone can miss it. And I know you've got an affinity of the color yellow, Mark, so mm. you'll probably appreciate it. I'm back here with Ben Cohen, and we're talking about his taxi box experience. How first kicked first kicked off with his business partner Jeremy, and um, at this stage we've just driven out of the warehouse with a yellow uh, taxi box, Ute, yeah, and a, a trailer, yeah, that you had to get manufactured here, I guess, to get the manufactured here, the trailer, yeah, manufactured here. Unloaded your um, container, and you've yeah. taken your first flat pack taxi box out. You've had to put it together yourself. Yeah, we've assembled ourselves. Assembled yourself. No idea what we're doing. Yeah, you've yeah. somehow managed to get the uh, 
correct um, cover on top of it. Yeah. Also yellow, the taxi product's written all over it. So, and you're you're heading out to deliver your first one. Were you going to deliver it or are you just driving around? Just no, have to go for a drive. <laughs> so, the, we had no customers. Okay, right? you no customers. Zero no, customers. So, you no customers at this stage. Nothing. So, you got 90 boxes or 90 flat packs. 90 flat packs, trailer, and a U. No, not no, one customer. Not, not sold nothing. Nothing. Okay, so, okay, what's the thinking? So, the thinking is. We've just you better fucking sell them. Better fucking sell some taxi boxes, right? So the thinking is, we just arrived in Melbourne about six months before. We don't really know anyone, um, and the thinking is, let's just drive this thing around. Now, neither of us had ever reversed a trailer, so how, we, how hard is it when you've done it? Very hard. Counterintuitive. Counterintuitive. Scale of one to ten, probably eleven if you've never driven a trailer before. But within five minutes, you'll fi- you'll figure it out and you're fine. But the the this idea of having a business with zero customers, have, having just released a website that had no one coming to it, the first thing we did was we started dropping taxi boxes throughout the whole of St Kilda East. And what I mean by that is we would drop a trailer on the street in St Kilda East and then pick it up and drive it to the next street Location. the next day and then the next day. And we were just literally the whole day. Oh, we would do this five times a day. We were just dropping them, moving around, dropping them, moving around. I guess you had a number on the bottom or something like that. So oh, the, the, yellow, the yellow covers effectively the billboard. And and so we were just dropping them all over the place. And I, and I remember, I think a week later or two weeks later, a mate of mine said to us, oh my God, you guys are killing it. You guys are fucking everywhere. You sold like 30 of them, but they're the same one. They're everywhere. I, oh my God, like I can't believe how much, how well you guys are, uh, are doing it. And we just laughed because we said we didn't, hadn't had a customer yet. It's and, the same box. Same box. It's the same box. I, I, we might have had two, I'm trying to think, we might have had one or two trails that were just swapping around. Um, and then and then the first phone call arrives and, and it's Jeremy's out on the road doing these, I'm going to put it in inverted commas, deliveries. Um, again, probably pissing himself laughing at how ridiculous it looks that he's driving this, this taxi box around. And then I'm in the, I'm in the warehouse building taxi boxes and suddenly that first phone call arrives. So first phone call, lovely lady, Miriam XYZ, almost in tears, dealing with domestic abuse, wants to leave her partner along with her kids and wants the taxi box delivered throughout, throughout the day because she needs to empty everything out into the taxi box and leave before he comes home from work. Wow. That's the first phone call we get. Wow. And that's me dealing with that. And obviously we, we made it work to the T according to her needs, but that was literally the first call we made, the first booking we made. Um, and then since then, I mean, if you think about the, and this is not really what we're discussing, but we have now done, I think over 400,000 deliveries since we started our business across wow. the country. How many years are we talking about now? 13 years. 13 years, 400,000. Deliveries, and that's I'm referring there to a, a movement. So, delivery a taxi box or a return of a taxi box with thousands and thousands, tens or hundreds of thousands of customers. I'm not exactly sure how many. Um, to have thought to, to have seen that, that was our first call that we had received, and then over the journey to have helped so many people um, that are going through so many experiences in their lives, right? Could be that, it could be moving in with a partner, which is a bit more positive. It could be traveling the world overseas. It could be a death in the family. It could be a divorce. It could be um, being evicted from a house. There's so many circumstances that people go through in life. And I think neither neither myself nor Jeremy really realized the extent uh, of 
of the, the use cases for storage or the understanding of how much it's really integral or related to your life's journey. What are the use cases? So like, what's the thesis? Because I mean, where I live, I often there's one in Old South Head Road um, across the road from Christian Park that I see a bit. What's the general use case? Like, is it because oh, we just need some room? Yeah. I'm glad we're going to talk about marketing afterwards because I can see they've completely let you down in terms of your understanding of the service. So yeah. the reason I'm saying that is because 90% or 80% of taxi boxes that you see on the street are just there for a very short period of time. And eventually the taxi box gets brought back to warehouses or storage facilities where we stack them up. So we actually store them off site. So a lot of people um, think that the taxi box will remain on the street. And some do, but the vast majority get stored back at our facility. Once once the their con- the contract with the client is over? No. Once oh, the you customers mean physically with the loaded. Stuff in it. Yeah. Ah, right. I didn't Absolutely. know that. Absolutely. There you go. Okay. Now, that's the majority of our business. What are the circumstances around? Is it just excess shit they want to get rid of or they want to keep the them storage? Treasured belongings, Mark. Not treasured. Treasured, but okay. treasured belongings. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, the, the examples are multiple. So, so here's some examples. So one of them is um, they are decluttering the house because they're about to go on a sale campaign and they want to clean the place out. Right, they're going to sell the joint. They're going to sell the joint, they want to declutter it. That's one. The other one might be that they are going to be traveling around the country and they want to move out of their house and they need their stuff, all their stuff stored from their house. It might be that they are renovating one of the houses, one of the rooms or a couple of the rooms Yeah. and they need temporary storage for renovating their stuff. It might be that they are... Um, They're finished with a COVID gym because COVID's yeah, over. Yeah, all that and, and uh, can't throw it out. Can't throw it out because yeah, I exactly. paid too much money for it. I mean, and, and there's a live example with myself and my and my now wife. I mean, when we moved in together, um, she had some furniture in her house that I just completely refused to have in her house. I just, it was categorically, I did not did not want that furniture in her house. I couldn't, I couldn't stand it. She, I had stuff that she couldn't stand. And so I said, well, there's no way I'm throwing my stuff out. And she said, well, there's no way I'm throwing mine out, Ben. So I said, fine. We're going to use this thing called taxi box. We'll taxi box it. Yeah, we're going to taxi box it. And that stuff sat in storage for years until one day I said to her, this is just ridiculous. And despite me not paying for it, I just said, I can't, I can't in my... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. For the life of me, keep storing the stuff. We have to get rid of it. So we eventually threw it out. But And, and now... I see myself using the taxi box throughout my life's journey. So that was moving in with my partner. Now I've got two young kids and the house is filled <laughs> with stuff. <laughs> I've got these sealed clothes and sealed bags that we just have never really used before. And, and my beautiful, dear, lovely wife, who I love so much, in case you're hearing this, Noga, um, you know, she refused to throw it out. And so it's in the taxi box because we might have another kid and there might be a cousin or a friend that's going to want the stuff down the line. So well, or you might, your kid might have a kid. 
Correct. In 20 years' time. And, and, and fashion always comes back. Like, it, it just has a habit of go. revolving. And, and, someone might have, and someone might have passed away in a family, might have death in a family, and you walk in this house and you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to throw a whole bunch of things away. But there's some things I just cannot for the life of me ever throw away. This is just a fam, family heirloom, and we're going to keep that. Your service includes um, taking the box away on the trailer, and or I guess people could drive there themselves, but to a, a facility yeah. where you actually have storage. And the boxes just fit on top of each other. They're just block stacked, much more efficient than a traditional storage facility because a traditional storage facility, and this we get into real business fundamentals here, a traditional storage facility need, can probably build on about 65% of the space because they need aisles and fire safety exits and people actually arriving there on site. Those aisles are for people to move around. Whereas for us, we're effectively buying or leasing sheds and block stacking taxi boxes with about 95% of the facility filled because all we have is a small little narrow aisle. Um, and there's no capital fit out for these warehouses. So in the Which event- It's a concrete floor and a height. It's a concrete floor and a height. It's a big box. And when we're done with that site, because we filled it up, we have two choices, ratchet up your rates or move to the next site. And we can move all of our boxes to the next site within a few months with trucks that move them, and we keep on expanding that way. So um, property is, is an underlying- This business is 50% property, 50% the core business. Yeah. Yeah. And it, 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 warehouses, basically. We like to call them storage facilities, storage but you're, you're 100% right. They are warehouses and they have alternate use. And, um, and you know, that that when we started the business, that was not at all a thought that I had or that yeah. we had. It was much more about the operating business. The operating business is fantastic. The property is fantastic. Um, and uh, I should mention, again, I don't want to bore you with the details. It, no, I like details. Say it again. I like them. You like I like them, details. You like details. Well, I mean, just on the topic of the business, um, the that discussion of storage back at our facility is part of the business. Then we do massive movements of interstate. So people moving between, so you're moving from Bondi so, so to Elwood. Transport. Yeah. We tr so, so if you're moving from Bondi to Elwood without storage, um, we do now metal units. So when you want to leave a taxi box on site for the construction industry, builders, renovators, they actually stay there on site for years on end. Then we now do refrigerated taxi boxes, cool rooms for events. So we've got a commercial division in the business that does a lot of the metal units and the and the core rooms, we do the, the Formula One or the Bathurst 1000s. And then we've recently started doing international, which is a whole other discussion, which we'll probably touch on later on with, with our relationship with U-Haul. Uh, uh, and we start, now you can send a taxi box from your front door in Bondi to Santa Monica in LA. The taxi box arrives in the port, gets put in a container, it arrives in the port and our partner U-Haul picks up that taxi box, puts a U-Haul cover on it, delivers it out to the customer and it's an end-to-end -end experience load at one place, unload at the other place, and vice versa. Anyone moving from the US with U-Haul comes through us now. You've managed to sort of do some some global work. Yeah. I mean, and obviously that'll end up becoming a bigger part of your business over time. You both, I don't know about, about Jeremy, but you, you're pretty young um, yeah. by looking at you. Um, you haven't seen how many gray hairs. You've got nothing, no gray whiskers either. So <laughs> where to from here? Because, or is it just a matter of just keep growing, just keep growing, keep growing? Um. There's a, there's a very clear five-year horizon for us in the business. Um, so how long have you been at now? Or five years from now? What do, you, what do you mean by that? Five years from now. Right. So, I mean, w what we've had is um, we brought on board investment about three, four years ago, which really helped us push things along. Um, and buying up the properties has been unbelievable for us in terms of being able to continue to, to, to leverage. And we've unlocked a lot of equity in those properties, which has helped us grow the business. So Because the industrial property has gone up mad. It's gone up now. Like in the last four or five years, so it's just 
it's gone up mad because like everything that was industrial that used to be around Chippendale and all those now yeah. apartments. Yeah. So the industrial um, real estate had to move out, and uh, and yeah. and if you did if you have industrial uh, real estate, it's going there's a shortage, basically shortage. Yeah. And everybody like you, yeah. want to, they got to store stuff. Yeah. And uh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. A huge deal in Australia. Correct. So we've had this amazing run on industrial. Um, so I mean, the the, the plan is effectively. Again, I can get into detail. If it, Here you go. Because we have a unique opportunity with our business specifically in industrial property. Um, and what I mean by that is we currently, sites we rent are highly inefficient for us because normally the height of a building is around seven meters, which means we can fit our taxi boxes three high. We stack them three high. Yep. In some sites, we stack them too high. However, if we knock down a building and buy a smaller block of land, and build a purpose-built facility where I can stack them five high, which we can reach, which yeah, is more, twelve meters more per, per square meter. Of we get more boxes per square meter, yeah. which means that taxi box can afford because at, 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 at arm's length, obviously you've got the same shareholders but different different entities. Taxi box can afford to pay a much higher rent on that property, which increases the yield of the real the property yeah. and makes it much more valuable. Yeah, because industrial property sells on yield. Uh, yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, and it just makes it it makes it affordable for us to be able to buy, buy land and build new buildings for ourselves that house taxi boxes, perfectly shaped, the right size, and the the yield is amazing if we do it that way. So that's the opportunity for us long term is buying up sites, developing sites, and and as we grow the core business, we'll continue to piggyback buying up the sites. We now have eleven facilities across the country, and we'll continue to roll it out. And we've just bought the New Zealand domain as well, so we'll get there eventually. So, so, you, you so, so in terms of operations, are you just here in Australia, but you will probably end up going to New Zealand. Yeah, I mean, it's not something I've ever discussed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we've bought the New Zealand domain, so yeah, we'll, it sounds like you're going to go. There. We'll, we'll, it'll it'll happen at some stage. It hasn't been actively brought up in the strategy yet, but we'll so get there. I need to talk to you. Yeah. Tell me about the color. So the color. Why did you land on yellow? Cool. So for someone that appreciates yellow, mm -hmm. here's a story. The original brand was going to be called Elephant Box and the taxi boxes, well, they would be called Elephant Box. It was going to be bright pink with a gray mascot, which was a gray elephant. That was my idea. <laughs> I like it. it. It was going to stand out, right? But it wasn't going to be called Taxi Box. It was going to be called Elephant Box. Elephant Box, right. And then a mate of mine said, dude, would you want, do you want a bright pink box outside your front door? And I said, well, I'm not sure that I would. And he said, well, uh, and I said, do I want a bright pink elephant thing? It feels quite feminine. So I had a gender profile here. And that's not a very popular thing these days. But I said, yeah, it, it might be pushing it a bit too far. And so I said, well, let's think. He got it in your head. He got in my head. He did. So I said, why don't we think of some other ideas? And through... Uh, <laughs> A very, very unscientific process of spending a lot of time chatting with friends and family and Jeremy, we arrived through the grandiose, uh, grandiose idea of Taxi Box, which came from none other than my beautiful, lovely mum, who said one day, why don't you guys think of, why don't you guys call it Taxi Box? And when she said Taxi Box, I was straight away, I was like, oh man. But when, how, yeah. well, how did she come up with Taxi Box? Like just, she's an, an incredibly creative person, artist, yeah. she's just... She's so, you know, if I think about it, the best ideas I've had in the business to the best ideas I've had in the business or a lot of the good ones come from people that are outside of the business that just see things really differently. Yeah, totally. Right? Um, and so when she said taxi box, Jeremy and I straight away were like, oh yeah, yellow, 
checkers, iconic New York taxis. This thing is just going to stand out like yeah, dogs Proverbs. testicles. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and. And and I just love the color combination. And, but, but did yeah. she? But she, did she? Kept, so yeah. Taxi Box being, she took the yellow from the New York taxis. She didn't really think about the color. She just the idea was Taxi Box because it, you kind of call it. It arrives at your place and it's on the road, right? It's on yeah. wheels. Um, as it happens, as it turns out, she actually yellow is her, her worst color. She can't stand yellow. So so I get these. They live in this beautiful place here in 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 Bondi, and they sometimes they they kind of live and they got a nice view, and they take photos of Taxi Boxes. And she's just she kind of squirms when she sends me this yellow photo of this thing poking out from the trees. Anyway, so she's not a fan of yellow. I love yellow and, and that color and the combina the combination of yellow, black, and white um, are incredibly strong. It's like a New York taxi though. I didn't realize the power of those that color combination. I just knew yellow stand out really really brightly. But when I saw when we made the taxi box cover and. Um, and we saw that power of the contrast between the yellow, black, and white at a distance, driving up ahead of us and turning the corner and seeing the taxi box. I just realized how um, powerful it was going to be. And that, and the taxi box logo that still exists today, I developed that through. We put a campaign on Hatchwise.com for fifty dollars. That was a fifty dollar logo. Today we would have spent fifty thousand dollars on a new logo. Um, the new, the original design of the taxi box, I made myself at a backpackers on Adobe Illustrator. We hadn't used anyone, right? So there was some lucky hits that we, um, my, I say lucky hits, lucky gambles that we took at the start that have really paid off and helped build a brand. In terms of marketing your business, yeah, has it largely been as you started? Um, you know, like. People seeing it in the street and saying, "Look, oh, let's send it to your partner or whoever it is. Let's go get one of those. We've got a use for it, for timely, and there's a number down there or a, a website address or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, is that has that largely been the way you market your business to date? Yeah. yeah. Well, the I think there's there's a few pillars to it. One is the obvious one of the yellow box, the yellow taxi box that people see on the street was strong in its own right and has really helped build the brand. Um. Then there's the kind of almost fanatical customer focus that we had, particularly at the start of the business, where it was just completely above and beyond any experience that any customer would have expected from a storage company. And that still th carries through our core values of our business. So the, the customer experience is completely unique. Very important. And then there's something else which I haven't even touched on is the idea of tech and innovation in our business and how that really fits in with marketing. And so there's some examples of tech and innovation in the business, which has got a strong marketing lens that's helped really build the business. Two examples I can think about were one, again, through just the culture of our business, we decided to build a game in 8-bit that was effectively a Tetris game. And the idea was that you'd get a quote for your taxi box. And if you decide to drop off the page, you'd get this weird Mario character that would just be bouncing around without anything else. And we knew that about 10% of people would click that character. Well, we didn't know this, but we thought some people were gonna click it because we're like, why is there a Mario, Mario? Why is there an 8-bit Mario character jumping on my page? They click it, the page disappears, it goes into a whole new world called Taxi Blocks, which is a game that was built in 8-bit in out of Argentina. And you were able to play Tetris, but it said, play your way to win. And so depending on your Tetris score at the end, it had three different prizes. One prize was if you get 10,000 points, you get $20 off your taxi box. 
If you get 10,000 points, you get $50 off your taxi box. If you get 50,000 points, you get $100 off your taxi box. And you'd play this game. And then when you got your 50,000 points, the music would change. There would be this massive emoji con. And it would say, congratulations, you've won $100 off your taxi box. Click here to book. You click the button, click, click here to book, and it'll go back into Taxi Box's website and say, congratulations, they'll bring you right back in. So you can see that there's tech innovation that's got a strong marketing lens. The other thing we did was um, we've got, we have, we have these yearly tech sessions where we sit there and talk about what we're going to be doing in the business. And we've got this amazing in-house capability. And um, someone said, hey, it'd be really great if we could come up with a, a visual storage calculator. Now, when I say that, the initial response that people have is, Bleh, who cares about a storage calculator, right? So what? And this is the, the, the whole power of Taxibox's brand. It's the driest thing in the world to think about a storage calculator. It's the number one question though, that every single customer asks us when they call us, they say, hey, how many taxi boxes do I need? And so the team for years and years and years was struggling with the idea and trying to calculate things and it was really complex. And this is a problem that exists throughout the world. We then said, let's find a way to gamify this and create a visual calculator. And we built a calculator that drops in 3D. It actually shows you, for the first time ever, you can select a bed, a fridge, a washing machine, and it actually drops it in 3D into a taxi box and shows you how to load it, how it fits, and how many taxi boxes you need. That's cool. And, and that algorithm behind that's really complex. The uptick in customer experience after that was phenomenal. And so we said, hey, this is awesome. Why are we just doing this? Why just for Taxi Box? Why don't we create a calculator that we can white label and sell throughout the world to other storage companies that need to do this exact same thing? And so we went ahead and built a whole new business, which we run run as well, which is a SaaS service called Calculate that um, a customer can go in. When I say customer storage company in Kansas can go in, they can. there's an online portal. They customize the whole thing to their needs, their colors. There's a whole bunch of customization. Just white label it. My label it. Yep. it gives you a JavaScript link. You plug it on your website and it straight away um, is a storage calculator on their website. And again, we're talking about branding, marketing, strong marketing focus um, to innovation, but it's got a very strong practical use and that's been built into a whole separate business. So the us. customer experience is really important. I, get, I, I agree with you. And I mean, by the way, your branding is really bloody good. So the colors are good. The positioning is good. The name's good. Yeah. Um, I, I guess the uh, referral basis is pretty good. Yeah. Customer experience is good. Yeah. It's um, you sound, uh, you sound like you built a, a fairly complete business now. You got yeah. real estate part of your business, probably end up becoming the most valuable part of your business <laughs> over time. Um, and uh, but you got the operating business, which is probably gener generating enough revenue or a lot of revenue, such you can go and buy more real estate. So in order to borrow, you're probably borrowing some money, or you might have investors, whatever it is. But using the cash flow from one to service the other one, then using the government's the, the uh, bank's capital, I presume you're using banks, banks capital, and then you're buying more real estate. You just keep building, building, building. You're filling it up, filling it up, and as you say, you're uh, optimizing the amount of um, Square meterage rate, yeah, which gives you a better yield, which yeah. gives you more value in yeah. relation to the property relative to what you paid for it. Yeah, um, it's it's a real you sort of build a real ecosystem. Yeah, and I hate that word, but yeah. you really have um, off the back of one good idea. Yeah, uh, hanging around in China with your mate, backpacking and seeing if you can um, get Alibaba to uh, deliver you a, a box that was uh, manufactured as just a box, yeah. manu but manufactured off the back of um, your mum and dad nearly paying too much for their oak floors. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I, I, I'll ask a fundamental question for this that, that I asked myself, was it the idea or was it the execution? Or and was it both? Or was it both? 
It has to be both. You got to have I, the idea first, though. I, I strongly believe that it's the execution. But you got so to have the idea first. You've got to have the idea first. You've got to have. I mean, for me, you've got to have a strong revenue focus on what you do. I think a lot of businesses out there don't have a revenue focus, mm. and they're trying to sell data. And I just don't understand it, to be honest. So as long as you have a revenue focus and you find there's a path to making money, um, the execution and the 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 hard work eventually pays off. I think that was in my experience. I don't think that we were lucky with Taxi Box. It sounds a bit weird saying this. A lot of people talk about, I don't know, I just got really lucky and this whole thing happened. Uh, I don't believe that in the last 10 years we had that much luck. It was myself and Jeremy through complete blood, sweat and tears, driving this business, learning a lot of mistakes along the way, making a lot of errors. And um, and it could have been bigger and better and it could have been worse. I just don't know what, that, you know. And it doesn't really matter because it's, it's going you're at a point now where you're probably pretty safe. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Safer, yeah, safe, um, but in a weird way, taking bigger swings at things now. Yeah, well, you can yeah. take a bigger swing. Yeah, it's probably not a bigger risk, but it's a bigger swing because you've got more to play with. Correct. You get a bigger bat. Correct. Much bigger bat. Correct. And you can t- and you can hit a, you can hit the ball much further. So Spot on. now now yeah. it's now it's going to be the fun part. Um, <laughs> I've been waiting for the fun. For probably years. not as exciting, but yeah. the fun part. The yeah. other stuff was exciting because you're yeah. taking real risks. Yeah, like. You put everything into those ninety uh, pack, uh, boxes. Boxes that you, yeah. you know, plus you had to go and put them together as well. But you, the, but that was a real big risk because you might not have sold one. It's it's also it, it's also the the scale. Of, aside from where we're at with the business, um, we made in the last three years a really or couple of years a really active um, effort to bring on board people that would free up my time to be able to focus on the growth of the business and. I think my, one of the mistakes that we probably made in the business, and I, and I caught up with Jeremy for breakfast just before this interview, and I said, "Yeah, Jeremy, I got to tell you, we had a team a meeting with our team in the Philippines. We've now got, um, I think, eight or nine team members that are working overseas, and they asked me a question. They said, what is the biggest mistake you made in the business?' And I said, two things, Jeremy. One was we didn't expand throughout Australia fast enough. We could have expanded to Perth and Adelaide much faster than we did, and we only expanded to Perth and Adelaide in the last six months. And then the other mistake we made was that we didn't didn't bring on board people to help us grow the business or you know ourselves ourselves step away from the operating business soon enough waited too long but today we've got four or five people that sit in the leadership team that are um, just incredible driving the business thing doing things that better than myself or Jeremy could have done them and that's freeing up the opportunity for me to focus on a bit more fun as you said and not just fun uh, Actually, I'm going to come back to the fun thing because I do some really weird stuff that the guys think I shouldn't be doing. So we'll come back to that in a sec. But also I'm able to focus on on growth initiatives like cold calling the chairman of U-Haul. And I'll come back to the story if you want afterwards um, out of the blue and flying to the United States and meeting with him and setting up a relationship with the importing taxi boxes and things that are just left afield. Yeah, well, I mean, I think fun means, as you said, having a swing of things you, you're not going to be doing when you're in your early stages. It's fun, yeah. but it's not like not hanging out or anything it's like fun in terms of um business risks fun in terms of um, business initiatives yeah fun in terms of um i also feel safe i'm not putting every everything at risk by doing it yeah 
I think in the interest of time, we're going to have to close it off here. But I, I, I think, well, we could talk for ages, but I think it's, it's it, I, I'm so glad I got to talk to you because I've often wondered about who's behind these taxi boxes. And I, I seem to see them all the time now. Like, it's a bit like you go and buy a car yeah. and you never notice those so cars. True. And all of a sudden, you notice them everywhere. Um, and now that you've told me, yeah. and I've met you, I'm going to yeah. notice taxi boxes all over the joint. But I have seen them a lot. Yeah. And I've often wondered who's behind it and what the story was. Yeah. So. Um, say hello to Jeremy, but uh, I don't know Jeremy, but say hello to Jeremy. And uh, it's a real privilege to yeah. get to meet you, Ben. And Thanks. it's been a fantastic uh, conversation. Good stuff. Well Thank done. you, Mark. Good on you, Ben. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Mentor with Mark Boris. Audio and production is by Jessica Smalley. Production assistants, Simon McDermott. This is a mentored podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.